0: Hi everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Casey. And I'm Madeline. And welcome to today's episode of MNC Become MTs.
1: Today, we have a little bit of a special episode. We have a guest speaker here with us. So, today, we have Miss Julia Purcell. She is the co owner and founder of Let, along with a wonderful music therapist and our supervisor. Mm-hmm. One of them, one of many.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. Happy to be here today.
1: So, Julia, can you tell us a
2: little about you? Sure. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I, like Casey said, I am the founder, one of the co-founders of Louisville Expressive Therapies. So we've been practicing music therapy as let for about 10 years. So, but I've been practicing music therapy for about 15 years, which when I say that out loud, it makes me feel relieved. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite things about what I do at Let is working with interns and working with students. So I feel really lucky to get to interact with students and interns on a regular basis and learn from younger generations and, you know, learn about things that I'm a little bit out of touch with. So that is one of my favorite things to do here at Louisville Expressive Therapies. And in addition to doing music therapy and supervising, I also teach a um, Improv music improvisation class at U of L. I've been teaching that for the past eleven years, I think. Wow. And I teach. I at, took that improv class, and did. it was awesome. <laughs> that that is one of the one of my favorite things to teach too. So, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because improv is my jam, literally. <laughs> I also teach at the Louisville Folk School, so I teach traditional music, uh, singing, ballad singing traditional appalachian tunes on the banjo and guitar so i do that and Mm -hmm. and then i play in a couple bands too so a lot of music julia does it all yeah (laughs) what do you like
0: to do in your spare time Mm
2: -hmm. if if you have spare time (laughs) i do a lot of my time i guess is taken up by just hanging out with my daughter i have a 10 year old daughter and luckily we like to do a lot of the same things so oh, we hang out a lot together we like to cook and bake together and sweet. yeah and she plays music too she plays piano and ukulele and, and violin and she's starting to play guitar and mm-hmm. so that's fun that we share that together yeah did and you push it's... her to do music or was that her own doings? you know I think just growing up in a musical household she mm-hmm. was just like well this is how you live life
1: yeah you know? she mm-hmm. had kind of
2: knew no other way. So hmm. she just kind of absorbed watching me and her dad play music and just be in the greater Louisville music community and just, I think she just saw that as a natural path for herself.
1: Oh, that's wow. awesome.
2: With, I mean, I encouraged her a little bit, of, well, course, of course, and just planted the opportunities there. Yeah. And, um, it's cool to see her grow. Anyway, this is not about her. It's <laughs> about <me. laughs> well, you, like, you
0: talked about what instruments she plays. What yeah. instruments do you
2: play? Oh, yeah, I play a variety of instruments. I play, I think, what I'm into the most these days is banjo. So I play old time claw hammer style ban- banjo, I play guitar, and ukulele, and keyboard. And I just started taking drum lessons, like oh, drum cool. set lessons. Wow. So It's exciting to approach a new instrument kind of with a beginner's mind. Knowing what I know about music, it's nice. It's nice to just continually challenge myself. And Mm -hmm. so drums is definitely doing that. What
1: made you choose drums? I think
2: it's so powerful, Mm -hmm. and I just, I think, was maybe a way to just express myself in a very loud way. Mm-hmm. So I'm a very, yeah. I'm kind of a quiet person. So I think that outlet allows me to be loud mm-hmm. in a context that makes sense. And so our drums, I split some drums with my friend and they're in her garage. So we go out there and open the oh, garage door. and Pretend cool. <laughs> like we're like in a teenager grunge. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. So
0: that's so, awesome. Yeah, that's a fun outlet.
2: Mm-hmm. that's so
0: cool that's interesting that you say that because i've always been drawn to drums too i oh, yeah. i'm also a quiet person <laughs> uh,
2: i wonder what what it is about that yeah. i think kind of like an alter ego of sorts or yeah. just an opportunity to yeah step outside of yourself or mm-hmm. i yeah,
1: like feeling the yourself. vibrations of the drums mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like just feeling them like through your body and like in your heart it's, it's so cool yeah, yeah. Grounding (laughs) that's
0: good for clients, yeah. We use that a lot, yeah. Yeah, I feel
2: really every time I play, I feel really relaxed, and I think it's because something to do with like using all limbs. All Mm. like you're using your whole brain, obviously. I mean, Mm. I think all musicians are, you know, using your left and your right and your Mm. frontal, um, but. Yeah, it always, yeah, like you said, grounds
1: and relaxes. It but like, it's so weird because you would think playing something so loud, you <laughs> would feel like so, I don't know, like excited and hyper at the end. You wouldn't feel like grounded and mm-hmm. calm, like, oh yeah, I just played the drums for an hour. Like, <laughs>
2: this
1: is how I feel.
2: Because <laughs> it depends on mm-hmm. the kind of music you're playing. Yeah, yeah that's true. That is true. So, yeah.
1: what made you uh, choose music therapy?
2: Ah, uh, a question that everyone because it's such a unique field you know so I think a lot of people ask that because they're curious Mm -hmm. and maybe so I've told this story a million times and I think a lot of people share this story too is in high school I knew that I wanted to pursue music Mm -hmm. but I knew I didn't want to do education or performance and that kind of leaves therapy Therapy, Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and I knew that I also wanted to go into a helping profession so my mom was a nurse and I just admired that A lot and so I knew that that was within me that was modeled Mm -hmm. for me just that Mm -hmm. compassionate caring you know caretaking that she gave other people and I admired that so I kind of wanted to follow my mom's footsteps and so yeah so I pursued music therapy and I think it wasn't until I saw like I went to I think observe at a university once I saw music therapy in action live, I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is mm-hmm. what I want to do. It just, it made so much sense and clicked for me. And I know that doesn't happen for everyone. It maybe is a more of a roundabout path to pursuing that, but I feel lucky in that I got to find right away what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. I stuck with it and uh, and I'm happy I, I have. Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we
0: were just talking the other day or yesterday mm-hmm. about being able to
2: love what we're doing and enjoy what we're doing Mm -hmm. and how great that is yeah i feel really lucky you know not Mm -hmm. everyone has is as fortunate as as we are Mm -hmm. to pursue something that really we feel passionate about kind of like a vocation Mm -hmm. something that yeah brings us a lot of joy but also brings the people it's just very reciprocal that we're giving but we're also receiving a lot definitely Mm -hmm. yeah Where did you go to college for music therapy? I went to Michigan State University. Oh, you're from there, right? I'm from Michigan, so that's in Lansing, and it's a a huge school. It's a school of 40,000, but the music school was smaller, obviously, within the college, but it was still very large. It's a very jazz-centric school, but the music Mm -hmm. therapy department was pretty substantial, and I guess I just ended up there because it was not too far from my house and seemed to have a good program. Mm-hmm. And, and then from there, I went on to do my internship at the Center for Discovery, which is in Harris, New York. It's about 90 minutes Northwest of, of Manhattan. And what was there or who, what population? Yeah, so I worked with, are we into this question already? <laughs> I'm like jumping ahead. No, you're good, <laughs> you're good. Because I feel like so much of my schooling, when I think about where did I go to school so much of what I learned, and I think how I developed as a therapist happened at my internship. Mm, really? Yeah. It was like that's where I really got to. You have elephants <laughs> upstairs. <Yeah. laughs> where I really got to just like kind of <laughs> come into my therapist self, mm-hmm. you know, and just really find my path as a as a music therapist. So anyway. Mm-hmm. I worked with mostly kids there. So it was a facility, it was a residential facility for kids and adults on I don't know how many acres, probably, I don't know, I'm not good at that kind of measurement, but many, many acres of just rolling beautiful hills and like wildlands and gardens and pastures with animals. And there was a, it was just a beautiful facility. And I worked with kids ages preschool all the way up to eighteen. Wow! And they had most of them, many of them had developmental disabilities, mm-hmm. so a variety of different um, disabilities. And, and you said and, they lived there. Yeah, they lived there. there. Mm-hmm. And then there were adults there too. They lived on a farm, so they worked and operated the farm. Wow! And they so lived cool. there. Yeah, That's it, was, cool. it was such a wonderful experience, and I think also just helped me realize that yeah this is where I'm supposed to be you know it just felt felt right Mm
0: -hmm. and was there a specific approach that you used there yeah and was that different from
2: what you learned in college Mm -hmm. yeah so I would say the approach that We focused on in my internship was creative music therapy or Nordoff Robbins Mm -hmm. music therapy. So there were several Nordoff Robbins trained music therapists at the center where I worked. That's awesome. Yeah, so I got to work directly with them, and I learned so much from them. And we got to travel down to New York and visit the Nordoff Robbins Institute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's That's nice. Yeah, NYU and just again, formative experience for me, just everything's clicking like, oh yes, this is where Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be. I want to pursue this. So Mm -hmm. I would say everything that I learned in my undergrad at Michigan State, I guess we we learned a lot of different approaches. I wouldn't say that we focused in on one. So the one that I gravitated most towards is like the humanistic Mm -hmm. approach. And so that combined with, the improvisational style yeah, they're
0: similar yeah they are humanistic and, humanist and yeah.
2: everybody will know that if you all listen to our podcast
1: last week yeah <laughs> we talked about all
2: those yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so it'll just that that kind of philosophy and psychology mm. just really informed my practice or right? it still mm-hmm. does inform my practice yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's so cool
0: yeah and you work with a uh, similar population now too. Yeah, I do. Do you want to talk a little bit about the different populations you have worked with and mm-hmm. work with now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So like I said before, I've been practicing for 15 years. So I've had the the privilege of working with a lot of different people over the, many, the past many years. Before I went into private practice, I worked at a residential facility for adults with Severe to profound intellectual and developmental disabilities. Place mm-hmm. nice. called Hazelwood Center, and that seems like so long ago. <laughs> but that was that was with adults, like I said, with severe to profound developmental disabilities, which was I think really just eye opening and really made me good at nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. I just learned so much from them, and really had to really use the power of music, the communicative power of music, to connect with these clients who had such a different way of communicating. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of them were nonverbal. So I got to do a lot of one-on-one therapy with, with them, which is my favorite kind of mm-hmm. therapy, actually. I do a lot of group work right now, but my favorite is one-on-one. And so I got to do a lot of one-on-one therapy with them, like at the piano, where I got to practice everything I learned in my internship because mm-hmm. it was very piano-centric. And was this right was. after your internship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was here? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that's that job is what brought <coughs> me to Kentucky.
1: Uh, that was going to be one of my questions. Mm-hmm. Why Why here? Yeah, it's from Michigan. Yeah. It was
2: Yeah, it was very random. I just applied at different, different places. and nice. Yeah. And um, got hired here and, and moved to Louisville. And I'm so glad that I did because I just love Kentucky. I love Louisville so much. And the community that I've found here. Mm-hmm. So working with adults, and then currently I work at Peace, U of L Peace Hospital, where you are both with me. Mm-hmm. And I work with kids and adolescents with emotional and behavioral disorders and just general, some, a lot of, many of them have developmental disabilities, many different kinds of, yeah, disabilities, challenges. And that's some of my favorite work too, because it's challenging in a different way. It, just requires a lot of creativity and flexibility as you guys know mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can plan all you want but then you can go into a session and be like oh my gosh I need to throw everything out the window and yeah. and create you know just like pull something out of my bag of tricks that I brought and so it requires you to be very adaptive and yeah flexible and
1: definitely mm-hmm. Would you say you've ever had an aha like an aha moment with a client? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Can <laughs> you share many, your favorite many, many. Can you share your favorite or I guess most memorable huh. yeah. breakthrough, I guess, with a client?
2: Yeah. Huh. Man, there have been so many and I think that's <laughs> what keeps me going, <clears throat> those moments. Yeah. And you guys probably have had those too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's again just so affirming oh, I'm I'm supposed to be here. This is what I'm supposed to be, Mm -hmm. meant to be doing. Trying to think of one in particular that that stands out. I think, like I mentioned before, my work at the residential facility, my first job when I moved to Louisville, working with the the adults one-on-one and getting a chance to give, give them a voice through music was really powerful to see and just kind of witness their kind of, I don't know, witness them kind of coming alive or being heard and being seen. So mm-hmm. I felt, it felt like a very important connection I was making with these adults who had never had music therapy before. So we like, well, they had some music therapy, but some of them had, were coming to music therapy for the first time. And I can't, maybe name a specific instance but I remember just working many times with one-on-one with clients and just feeling incredibly connected even though we didn't share the same verbal language mm-hmm. that we got to connect in these profound ways through music and I guess using a lot of improvisation on the piano I was able to take like their movements so their rocking movements and put the you know the temp like make my mm-hmm. music met the tempo matched their their movement and then their vocalizations matching their vocalizations and creating a melody around that. And then I just that's remember so the, cool. yeah, I just remember like them looking at me like, oh my gosh, like you're here, you see me, yeah. you hear me. And that just being like a profound moment for them and for me. So
0: yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Because I probably don't feel heard
2: very right. often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think music just allows us to Connect on a different plane. You know? mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. So, what
2: was the
0: transition between that center and LET? Mm-hmm. Like, why did you choose private practice, mm-hmm. and how did that all come to be?
2: Yeah, that's that's probably one of my favorite stories because it felt kind of uh, like the stars aligned, kind oh. of. <laughs> <laughs> so who the ladies who I'm in the private practice with right now, Emily and Teresa, the, who are the other co-owners of Louisville Expressive Therapies, they also worked at Hazelwood oh. Center. So that's where we all met. And Emily was a music therapist there and Teresa was an art therapist. And we went on this little creative outing at the Red River Gorge, which maybe some of your listeners have heard about. And if you Just the three of you? It was with some other creative, creative people. So we stayed at this cabin and we went hiking and along our hike, we were talking and we were just kind of envisioning and just brainstorming what it would look like if we were to ever open a practice together. And Mm -hmm. it was, we just kind of spoke it into the universe, which sounds kind of silly, but from that moment, it was the idea was born and we couldn't stop thinking about it. And so we, we came back to our job, which, it was hard because it, we worked for it was a state-run facility, and so we had to abide by a lot of rules. Just being, yeah, a lot of bureaucracy and stuff that comes with large organizations mm-hmm. like that are run by the state. Anyway, so that felt very restrictive, mm-hmm. and I think our vision for what Let is now today is pursuing our passions and how we want to practice music therapy um in a way that allows the clients to really grow and move forward. We feel we felt very, yeah, like I said, restricted. Like we were working against a current in the in that industry or that, that bureaucracy in that uh, environment. So anyway, the idea was born on this beautiful <laughs> hike in Red River Gorge. And then we came back to to our jobs and Emily and I quit right around the same time. Oh, which is <laughs> kind of crazy. And then we just slowly we ended like made vision boards and a mission statement and we just slowly this long process of building up clientele and making little flyers and like going out and passing them out I mean there's a lot of legwork in the beginning Mm -hmm. and but we did it and here we are 10 years later and we feel I feel like we're thriving and it still feels very heart-centered and that was our goal in the beginning is to create a business that respected you know our individual talents not talents but just gifts and passion and also kind of allowing our clients or inviting our clients to it's kind of like a humanistic principle so mm-hmm. allowing our, or inviting our clients to see that same potential in themselves so very yeah. heart centered and strength based yeah strength based yeah so
1: yeah. So, so would you that. say your your vision board is is this was this the vision? Yes. Like, is, did it come to life?
2: It is freaky. Yes. So, <laughs> it's crazy. We did like a five year vision plan and a ten year, and at our five year, we're like, I think we said we wanted to have a physical space. So, before we had a physical space, we just kind of contracted out with facilities mm-hmm. and like drove to clients' houses to save money on overhead, mm-hmm. and then. Our five year plan was to find a space and like on the fifth year, like we found the perfect found, space. Wow. Um, yeah. It was just like things, when you put them, I swear, when you put them out in the universe and that sounds very, <laughs> I don't know, kind of uh new agey, but there, I think there's a power to that when you, to manifest, when you want to try to manifest something to kind of just put it out there with, with positivity and hope. Mm-hmm. and. Or something to that. So yeah. yeah. So things just keep happening that we we speak out loud. Not like that. I mean, that sounds like magic. It's not magic, <laughs> There's a lot of hard work, of course, but to have a shared vision and uh, really working for it, probably
0: yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. To to
2: believe in it, and then mm-hmm. yeah, to put in that sweat too. Did you hit your ten-year goal plan? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Well I think no, our ten year plan was to include like a dance therapist. Oh, okay. And to so to include some other creative arts therapists. Like a horticulture therapist and horticulture and like poetry. There's a lot of just different expressive therapies.
0: Yeah, I learned recently that there's like photography slash film
2: therapy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. But oh, yeah. what is the one that you said? I said hortic- horticulture. It's a hard Horti- Like culture. gardening. Yeah,
1: gardening. Oh, I love that.
2: Wow. I don't even know if that's a thing. Maybe we I made it I feel like <laughs> No, even if you it did trademark at that, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And like forest bathing. You know, there's just so many holistic modalities out there. Yeah. that Which it- is so cool. Because yeah. so
0: many people have different interests. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have a therapy that fits your interests. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's so cool. So how long has LAT been a private practice? Mm-hmm. How long have you been running? About
2: I guess almost eleven years. Wow. Mm-hmm. When is like the anniversary? I think we just said like January first. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like we incorporated at at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. That's just what made sense for us. Cool. So I guess this past 2021 will have been this is like the eleventh year. Nice. Mm-hmm. congrats that's awesome yeah yeah it feels really exciting that we have just a very strong team of therapists and also interns thank you you guys are awesome thanks
0: what advice would you give to someone who's trying to start their own private practice
2: Hmm.
0: I know there's probably a lot but
2: (laughs) I would say don't don't assume or don't try to do it on your own. Don't assume that you could do it. I mean or you can <laughs> you can pursue it on your own but reach out for help. Mm-hmm. So pursue advice, ask, ask for help from people who you trust and mm-hmm. respect and because it's just hard to do it alone. I don't think I could have done it alone so I'm so grateful to Emily and Teresa that we kind of forged the path together. Mm-hmm. So I'd say Look for your allies and your friends and business partners. And yeah, don't do it alone. It's another word of advice. Mm. I don't know, I'm sure I, I <laughs> to think about it. <laughs> Come back to me. <laughs> I, know, I know you're interested in yeah. doing that. So yeah. I could put together some thoughts around that. Yeah. I'll send you on your
0: way. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um so, you said earlier that you are really into the banjo right now.
2: Mm-hmm. So, song, yeah, song, would you be willing song. to
0: play a short song for us and our listeners? Yes, I would. Julia is very good at the banjo.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks for saying that.
2: I'm scoot my chair Do you a ever sing into the banjo? Oh, you're going to see it right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, I don't want to be too close to the microphone. Not that I have oh, a
1: very okay. loud singing voice <laughs> right Now is this a
2: special type of banjo Yeah this is called an open back banjo it's a it's a has no back right has no back it doesn't have a resonator so Mattvin <laughs> okay. you were saying yours has a resonator mm-hmm. which is more of a blue bluegrass style of banjo. So what is this style? This is more of an old time
1: okay
2: and the banjo. Is originally its origins come from Africa. So it was brought over by the enslaved people and kind of has evolved over many years to and through the hills and valleys of Mm the Appalachian region to kind of look like this. But the early, earlier models, I mean, resembled this but were more primitive, you know, made out of maybe gut strings and and an animal head and maybe a stick so um my partner made this for me it was his first banjo that he made Mm -hmm. oh my gosh that's beautiful yeah it really is a beautiful banjo and it just like keeps getting better with age and i have uh sometimes i plug it in so i have a little pickup Mm -hmm. and then i like to do like weird electronic (laughs) loopings like i do love some looping stuff and that's for another conversation. (laughs) So this is a traditional song that has been around for a long time. I would say it's a Kentucky song and it was recorded by a woman named Jean Ritchie who is a native Kentuckian musician, songwriter, storyteller. She has a recording of this that's really great and I'm gonna play it. So it's called Swing and Turn Jubilee. i Them. thanks for listening and thanks for yeah. having me on your podcast thanks yeah of me. course now unfortunately we are
1: at a time but holy cow we should just do an episode of julia's yeah. time. <laughs> that, that was honestly. amazing well thank you julia for coming on today you really appreciate it awesome. yeah
2: i love talking to you ladies thank you You're welcome. and
0: thanks for all those listening in um we hope you enjoyed this talk and hope you'll listen tune in for the next episode yep. see y'all next week Bye. bye